Good morning, and welcome to HR Examiner's Executive Conversations. Today, we're going to be talking with Elaine Orler, who is a fixture on the recruiting industry landscape and the CEO and founder, I believe, you'll have to tell me, Elaine, of Tal Vista. And we're going to learn about Tal Vista. It's Elaine's project. Um, Scott Sessions may may think that he's in charge, but we know the truth. <laughs> Thank you, John. And Scott is in charge of the day-to-day operations, but yes, I do have a lot of influence over the direction, the strategy, and the passion that we have for the topic. So I have really enjoyed exploring where this market is going, especially around unconscious bias, and believe that this is a solid solution for corporations in the recruiting side of things to really make sure that they're dealing with conscious inclusion. So, So before we jump headlong into that, there might be one or two people listening who who have not heard the entire Elaine Orler story. Um, how did you get here? And um, you know, I'm, I'm sure you didn't wake up at five years old in the sandbox and go, "Tal Vista, that's it. Tal Vista, that's <laughs> what I'm going to do when I grow up." Um, so, so how did you get here? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I get to say, I think in all of my career directions and each of the jobs that I've had, I've fallen into them, not realizing that I was going to be so in, enamored with the excitement of that, the work I get to do. Um, I'm one of those few people that gets up every morning grateful and excited to say that I love what I do and I love that I get to do it every day. Um, started my professional career as a teacher, teaching kindergarten and first grade, realized that I love the kids but couldn't deal with the parents. So somehow from that post-college converts to transferable skills, recruiting, digital design engineers. Um, Not completely sure how those skills map, but they do. And so I went into recruiting very quickly when we moved to California 20 uh, plus years ago. And then from recruiting realized that I love the system side of the equation. So moved into recruiting operations and managed operations for several large uh, Fortune 500 companies and then have been consulting for 20-plus years just around recruiting technology, um, co-founded and, and launched the Talent Board with Jerry Crispin and Ed Newman uh, nine years ago now, which is really hard to believe, but uh, launched that mission to really solve for candidate experience and get that on the radar. And since then, have realized that uh, the, the concept of inclusion and the concept of diversity is critical to how organizations are going to succeed and as I continue to look for ways in which I can help corporations improve their recruiting, I have really adopted this mindset that there is absolute solutions and products that we can use to help solve for conscious inclusion and reduce unconscious bias. So started, I joined an organization called Talent Sonar. Uh, that organization chose uh, not to continue, um, and then I decided that I was this was too important, which is you'll learn very quickly as you talk with me, that when I get my mind wrapped around something, it's pretty much not going to let go. So um, I acquired the assets uh, from Talent Sonar, and Scott and I went after really building out a product that can be be used in the market today. So, so what is Talvista? What, what what exactly is Talvista? The great question. So for me, it's my best way to describe it is a decision support solution for conscious inclusion. It's a product that focuses on three of the major decision points in the recruiting process today, 
first being the content we publish out about the jobs, making sure that that content is truly uh, available and, and understandable by all. So we take the approach of highlighting words that are inclusionary based on research and also providing alternatives to words that are exclusionary to bring that description to what we call neutral. That allows, that, that allows all candidates to feel uh, that they can re resonate with the skills and abilities related to the job, not um, necessarily having some of their other part of their brain, and we can go into whole brain science with us, um, having them think that it's not a safe position, so not apply. So we know that there's a lift in the number of diverse candidates that will apply when the job description is neutral. Uh, that's one decision point. The other two include uh, redacted or blind resume review. So the opportunity to truly just focus on skills and abilities, not on what is familiar when you're looking at a resume and evaluating the resume against the required job skills. And the third is a, is a structured and narrative-based interview process. So it's aligning the questions and then the question and focus on the requirements and skills again for the job, not on other variables that can tend to influence a decision. And so, go ahead. So those are the three. Those are the three touch points today. There are others we're exploring, but um, for us, it's not about being the core uh, solution that every organization has. And again, I've been consulting and in recruiting technology for over 20 years. We just believe that there are some really critical elements that have to happen at these decision points that can be solved with technology that's deeply integrated, and that's our focus. So can you give me an example? You, you, you say there's a list of uh, a sort of preferred language to use to sound more inclusive. Could you give me an example? Sure. Well, a perfect example is I could use the word, um, an example might be the word strong, right? If you say, we're looking for somebody with strong extra blah, 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 and the description, and that word in and of itself is not necessarily a threat word or an exclusionary word. How that word is used or repetitively used, if you say in a job description bullet list, there's absolutely definable research out there that says that that word has um, an adverse reaction to female candidates. Now, I am one of those female candidates that says, I lean into the word strong. If you want strong, I'll give you strong. But not everybody does. And so even if it's masculine or feminine-based terms, the concept is to bring the description of the term to something that doesn't cause somebody a reaction. So instead of strong, you might say dynamic, you might say um, influential, and there's a variety of different ones based on what you're trying to say. So what we try to do is bring up the additional words and, and present those terms that would be considered neutral or inclusionary based on the research that's been published. So the platform itself is not an artificial intelligence product. We don't, we don't actually go out and decide which words are going to be added or changed. It's completely programmed based on public available research today, plus additional research that we have funded to ensure that the accuracy of the, of the terms are legitimate within the industry. So, so with that, we can go ahead. When you talk about, when you talk about conscious inclusion, are you talking about something larger than the legally protected classes? The reason I ask is, is I, I went to see yesterday the movie last night, um, and and it's a love, it's an interracial love story of an Indian man and a and a white woman, and it's and it's a wonderful love story. But I came out of the theater going, 
Oh, yeah, that's how our culture works. That, that's exactly how our culture works. Five years ago, you wouldn't have been able to see that movie anywhere. And slowly, we've included people. But my take is that is that what Tal Vista does isn't that particular thing. What Tal Vista does is to focus on the legal um, areas in which in which there's discrimination. Is that is that right? Um, actually. No, it is the, oh, it's great, the great. former, uh, not the latter. Uh, we're not we're not dealing with um, compliance, though I have. We understand the business needs and requirements for compliance to hit quotas and all those numbers. That's actually not our focus whatsoever. What it is is if you think about it, when you think about it from a mindset of, and I think I look at it through a recruiter lens and through the head of town acquisition. That's just always been my base. And when we think about the competitive nature right now for talent in the market. And the reality that, yes, we have a lot of people that are applying, but not everybody is fully qualified. Can any organization afford the risk of publishing concepts and words and terms that, that detract candidates that are qualified from applying? And when I think about it from a business perspective, and that, no, I need to do everything I can to ensure that I'm accessing everybody that is potentially skilled and able to do this work. And so by taking that first step of just making sure that the description or really any in content that's being published is presenting itself neutrally, it doesn't, have a re- it doesn't have an adverse or negative reaction from the reader, that is by nature putting, setting yourself up for one stage of success more than you had before. The second major module, again, the resume review, which I think is absolutely one of the most critical steps in a recruiting process, we could debate all day long whether you're the resume is valid or not, or whether we should still be using them or not, or application forms are more important. But to me, the resume is that person's self, self-interpretation self and presentation of themselves. So as you, I don't see the hiring manager looking at anything else if for the long term other than a resume. So if we just take away the familiar, we take away the name, address, phone number, we take away some of the school components or some of the other aspects that are critical to that organization, then that manager is now focused only on looking at what the skills and abilities are. So in the time that they have to review the resume, they're not, they're not honing in on what's familiar. They're honing in on what is valuable and what is, what is important to the job. Does that make sense? It, it, it does. It's, it's a challenging thing that you're trying to do. You know, I, I am, I am, I think, you know, I'm I'm of the opinion that, that bias is a systemic problem and that, that, that it's quite difficult to, to eliminate it unless you eliminate it throughout the system. Um, But, but I wonder, I wonder if. Well, that's a, I'm going to add, I'm going to jump in on that. Well, because I agree with you. You can't eliminate bias. We, we, we're, we inherit it. We, we're grown to it. We gravitate towards what is familiar. Our brain is conditioned. Um, we, our brain is so um, aggressive and so amazing, but it is looking for familiar because familiar equals safe. And that's the equation that we're dealing with when you talk about unconscious bias. Conscious bias, we're not dealing with that. I mean, it's there. There are plenty of other programs, and there are definitely a lot of um, – Behavioral modification things that should be happen, but the unconscious where familiar equals safe. I made a decision too fast because it just seemed right. That is what we're focused on. So by saying conscious inclusion is we're taking away the familiar, 
the way these equals safe so that what we can now do is focus on what is important and relevant. And that is, again, we're not going to, you can't, you can't just say stop being biased, unconsciously biased, because it doesn't work. And there's all the training in the world that you can do, but without practical tools to help you modify the way in which you think, um, you're, we're, we won't get there. So, so I wonder if you're thinking about a feature that once, once you have taken the identifying information out of a resume, um, highlights words, you know, this, the word strong comes to mind because you used it as an example earlier. If, if I use the word strong in my resume, doesn't that, doesn't that give the same information that it does in a job description? And, um, are you thinking about uh, thinking about tools that highlight words that uh, may um, invoke bias? Yes, future. <laughs> so the the opportunity that we have in the in the description optimization component is it's actually any context and text. And I've done it on many occasions. I've taken a resume from somebody, put it into that same tool, and reverse engineered their resume to say, "Well, look, you know, if you're trying to appeal to you know the business folks, etc. These are the these are the words we know. This is scientifically proven, <clears throat> research-based proven that they can have an adverse impact or an a unconscious bias can be triggered. So even in looking at a resume or any kind of text, we can actually run that same kind of formula against those. Is there a future opportunity for us to turn this this tool into a resume qualifier first for candidates? You know me, John. I'm going to mix it all together whenever I can because it's anything that's going to move this industry forward and make it better is what I'm going to focus on. So there is a potential for that in the future. So, so I love the term conscious inclusion. Talk some more about, about what you mean there. That's, that's, a, that's an interesting bullet point. Thank you. Um, it's a concept that we've been hearing in several of the, of the diversity and inclusion conferences. Um, I don't take credit for, for owning or starting the concept, but the, the concept that, for me, there's always, a, there's always a mindset. You're running from something or you're running to something. Of course, I guess I'm always running. But if you're running away from something, if we're trying to avoid getting caught for doing a bad behavior, or if something is presented in a negative, it's kind of constantly be one of those things you're looking over your shoulder against. If you're running forward towards something, the motivation, the energy, the mindset in which you apply your principles, your budget, your practice is a little bit different. So when we think about solving for unconscious bias, unconscious bias or solving for, that's to me is a, that's the negative. This is we have to fix it because it's broken, it's something wrong. Where in fact we know that mentally in our brains, this is just a conditioning in our brains of familiar equals safe. And how do we rewrite um, some of those things that are familiar or adjust in our mind when familiar equals safe and how it does or doesn't apply in certain other decisions? So when I took, when we started hearing this concept and digged into it deeper, it, it resonated so much more with exactly what we're doing. We're, we're a platform that helps solve for conscious inclusion. So we're giving you a way in which you can be forward thinking, you can process intelligently, you can hold your thought, I like to say, in that moment and make sure that you're making the right decision with the right mindset versus the typical fast or familiar equals safe mindset. That's interesting. So, so you've got this tool. It does this stuff. 
how do you measure um, value and results? Well, that's that's a great question. Our clients actually measure value and results. We're, they're seeing they're seeing an increased lift in diverse candidates that are applying. And when we talk about diversity, it's not just gender. It's not just gender and race. Gender, race, ethnicity, um, sexual orientation and preference. And then we also have added in um, uh, some research terms around disability, which is another category. It, it continues down the path of of just inclusion being all, not just one class or one group. So with that, we're, 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 we're continuing to see organizations see a lift in the number of candidates that are responding that are designating themselves in a diverse category. And then there's an, a definite lift in candidates that are proceeding from uh, resume review to interview just based on the manager's uh, response of their ability to look at their qualifications and designate this one's this one meets qualifications proceed. And then when they're, when they're revealed, the candidate information after that review, their own conscious thought process and the business thought process, wow, wow, I might have passed over this candidate because of something else. And now I realize that I would have done that, but I'm really glad we're moving forward. So the results and the percentages there run everywhere from, from 25 to 35% increase in lift in each of those stages. The, the recruiting business has uh, the most dreadful productivity statistics of any function in the organization. The, the, the numbers I keep seeing sound like 50% of all hires are um, seen as regrettable at month 18 in the process. So, so when you do... Um, this sort of surgery on the recruiting process to improve inclusivity, does it show up um, as an improvement in quality overall, meaning are hiring managers happier with their decisions? Do you know? Uh, I don't know yet. That is definitely one of the markers I'm looking for. And as we, um, I get to say that, you know, Scott and I have uh, acquired the assets and we've had the product. We spent our first six months, which was, We've only been in business uh, 13 months last last week, <laughs> but we spent the first six months actually architecting key components of the product to make sure that it would be stabilized for enterprise-level organizations as well as small boutique. And so we've only really started producing customer results in the last six months and our uplift in companies that are starting to use the platform. But I would ask you to ask me that question again in December, and I will guarantee you an answer. Okay, I will. I will. That's 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 a great that's a great opportunity there. Um, are there other big questions that you're trying to answer besides inclusion? Um, um, it's 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 an, it's an interesting area, and there are all sorts of questions about how culture works at at the point where you're uh, modifying the culture's mm, history. Um, so yeah. so. So, so do you see other things that you're curious about? This um, curiosity is, yeah, that might be my second middle name. Um, I'm curious about it all, truthfully. But for us in the product set right now, one of the things that um, I've also learned in the years of doing this is we're gonna we're staying focused and true to what we do. So when I think about decision support tools, this isn't taking the decision away or allowing a product to make that next the step because. We don't have enough time or trust our people to do it. We're creating tools that you can make that decision in a moment in time 
Does it take a manager a little longer to review a resume? Yes, six seconds is gone. Um, we see about a 45, 45 seconds to a minute per resume for review, which is intentional because you want them to read the context of the resume to determine skills and match. So in those cases, those are some of the things where we see the timeline, yes, it gets a little longer, but the quality output is better. So we're going to continue to look at where those decision points. Um, oftentimes the manager in the recruiting equation is the one that doesn't get the same set of tools as the recruiter, oftentimes is too busy, oftentimes is the one that's produced or, or positioned as the one that is a uh, um, I could I could hire a great candidate if I didn't have to deal with the manager. If I had a dollar for every time I heard a recruiter say that, and then if I had a dollar for every time the manager said I could hire a great candidate if I didn't have to deal with a recruiter, uh, we'd be multimillionaires weekly. The point being, they're part of the decision process, and I think where we can give simplified tools and tools that are helping them with decisions in a conscious way, the more the more interactable, the, the better the quality of the results will be for the manager. So that's what we're focused on. Bigger picture in the market, there's a lot that has to be done. There's still a lot that has to be done with how we treat people once we do hire them. Um, what's happening in the culture within the business once they are in the organization and how are we adapting to that? For me, I'm pretty much always going to just be on the recruiting side, um, but I partner with and I treasure those that are willing to deal with the other side of the equation. So, so you you raise a really interesting point, which is that to get higher quality in the recruiting process, um, you have to go slower. And, and and I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree with you more. But but this is this is a marketplace that's been that's been selling its goods and services on the idea of speed and efficiency for as long as I can remember. <laughs> Um, yeah. Well, so, I, I would be so, the first so consultant must... to continue. Yeah, so, I would just ahead. tell you, I, any any organization that that measures or or bonuses or qualifies their recruiters with a time to fill percentage number, I think is is not going the right direction. Time to fill has been the marker that we could only think that because it's the only thing we in in the days of paper it was really the only thing we had control over. And today, I think time to fill isn't the most important. Quality of hire is the most important, but it's harder to measure, and it takes longer. It takes a little bit more thought and attitude about what is prescriptive for the long-term picture. And But I get to tell you on the same side, on the consulting side of what I get to do every day, there are organizations that are going after that like there's no tomorrow, and I'm super excited for their future. Oh, that's great. So what, do you, what kinds of things are people doing? Uh, everything from measuring the quality of hire post-hire. So um, the concept of really taking that candidate through the day in the life, I think the realistic opportunities to help help the candidates really adjust and understand that culture. And then also I think there's more transparency in the organizations today when we say we're working on a cultural change. The uh, the days, and I've been a part of them, and I'm, I'm, I have the same hashtags on the, on behind my name when all the topics come up, but the bad behaviors are no longer acceptable. And we're seeing a lot faster, more swift decisioning around those behaviors in the organizations that are paying attention to it. And that is exciting to me. Amazing. Amazing. So, so you're building a company, you've been around the block once or twice. Um, What are you trying to do differently about the company? The company. Give me 
Well, well, you, you know, I'm sure you have some deep experience with how not to run a company. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so what makes your company different is the question. Uh, thank you. Uh, well, I think this is my first time in the software as a service side. Um, yes, I've been in the industry for uh, 20 plus a years, week. I like to say, but it's more like 27, 27 years in a month. But um, this is my first side first time taking taking a stance on the fact that there is a product that I should be helping be successful in the recruiting organization. I've always been on the services side or I've always been on the practitioner side. So for me right now, it is learning a lot, failing fast. Um, I fail fast daily um, and I learn from it and then I keep going. And so from a software and the solution side, we're really focused right now on not being the end all be all. The number of calls and requests that we get to take on things that we don't already do. Uh, for me, I would say the biggest thing is avoiding all of those really great ideas, which is super hard for me personally. There's a lot of great ideas on things that we could go do and go build and solve for, but we're really focused just on these decision points. We want this to be successful for organizations. We want to see them get this lift, and then we'll see what else needs to be solved for. So if I had to say anything for me, it's keeping a very, very narrow focus, a deep, integrated, not another application I have to learn how to use, not another login I have to remember how to do, but that deep, integrated, behind-the-scenes application to solving for these pieces in the process is what I'm focused on. Fantastic. So we are through our time. What are a couple things you want to be sure that people take away from this conversation? If anything, study out the concept of conscious inclusion. Um, in any organization right now, again, as we say, unconscious bias, everybody gets it's a fear factor. It generates fear. It creates, it creates um, doubt. So think about how you're going to deliver conscious inclusion in recruiting. Where are those decision points and what are the things that they can do, uh, whether it's with Talvista or whether it's with just thinking about the business process and rules that can actually bring better awareness to those decisions and where they're at. That, for me, is first and foremost. And the second thing is, I think, you know, technology is amazing. I love, I'll use technology for everything. There's opportunities galore. But I don't want technology to make my decision. I want my, I want, I want to know that if we're making a decision about humans, humans are making those decisions. So making sure that in their process and in what they're building out, that they're retaining the right to make a decision based on what is a human value. Awesome. So take a moment and reintroduce yourself and tell the audience how they can get a hold of you. Great. Well, my name is Elaine Orler, and I am chairman and co-founder of TalVista, which is a conscious inclusion decision support tool for talent acquisition and recruiting. You can reach me um, by looking up Elaine Orler anywhere, but Twitter, it's Elaine Orler. Facebook, it's Elaine Orler. LinkedIn, it's Elaine Orler. And TalVista, it's Elaine.Orler at TalVista.com. Fantastic. Thanks so much for taking the time to do this, Elaine, and good luck with the enterprise. Thank you, John. I appreciate the conversation. Yeah, you've been listening to HR Examiner's Executive Conversations, and we've been talking with, in case you didn't get it, Elaine Orler, the uh, CEO and chairman of Tal Vista. Thanks very much for tuning in, and thanks again, Elaine. It was a great conversation. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye. 